0: This podcast is a ministry of Christian Life Center in Berwyn, Illinois. Our goal is to create a real faith for the real world, and we hope this helps you grow. For more information on Christian Life Center, visit us at our website, www.berwynag.org. Thank you. with me to Genesis chapter 9. Um, this message should probably only go to 2.30 or so today. So. Just kidding. I kid, I kid. Um, Good word that God has for us today from Genesis chapter 9. It says in verse 1, Then God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. The fear and dread of you will fall on all the beasts of the earth and on all the birds of the sky and on every creature that moves along the ground. And on all the fish in the sea, they are given into your hands. Everything that lives and moves will, about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. But you must not eat meat that has its lifeblood still in it. And for your lifeblood, I will surely demand an accounting. I will demand an accounting from, from every animal and from each human being too. And I will demand an accounting for the life of another human being. Whoever sheds human blood, by humans shall their blood be shed. For in the image of God has God made mankind. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number, and multiply on the earth and increase upon it. So uh, this is right after uh, Noah's ark has found the the land, and the, the waters have receded, and there's vegetation beginning to grow and stuff, and so Noah and and his sons and, and their, their wives all come out, and God begins to speak to them because it's a fresh start. Even in this, we, we look at this as the judgment of the flood, but in reality, the judgment of the flood was a, a, a strategic move to heal the earth. Uh, not too long ago, as you heard somebody testify, uh, I had to go uh, have a cancer surgery, and so they went in there, in order to redeem the rest of my body, they had to cut a piece of the, and do this surgery to, cut, to, to remove cancer, or at least the, pro, the prospect of cancer in my body. In the same way, God sent the flood to wipe out the evil that was on the earth, that violent society that had risen up so much that it became become so violent that it turned God's stomach, and then God sent a, uh, and I look around in the newspapers and stuff and I wonder how much longer can, can we go before the next judgment comes upon our, our world because it's just so violent. But this, this came to redeem mankind. And so here we stand on the precipice of this brand new humanity that's going to be launched through the lines of Noah and his sons. And so um, God now uh, is, begins to make uh, commands and dictates and promises to try to, to direct that that new redemptive humanity and so he tells them some things and we'll run through them kind of quickly we don't need to explain them too much i think you get most of this but the first thing is that he gives them the same command that he gave adam and eve at the very beginning be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth the purpose there is that god's saying that he is about people god is about people god doesn't love stained glass Doesn't hate it. Doesn't love it. God doesn't love church buildings. God doesn't love church music. God loves people. We need to always remember that. That the purpose of God, I'm going to switch to this thing, right? I got two microphones. I don't know what I'm doing here. There we go. Okay. So the purpose of God is that we have, is that we recognize that. That God is about people and so God says I want you to have babies and I want you to create societies and I want you to live in community with each other and I want you to be in a tribe and I want you to connect with people and I want you to be with without people now sometimes we get a little bit weirded out by that because people cause us the biggest problems right look at your neighbor and say amen to that brother (laughs) one of the things that's uh, because I, have, because I just came through this recent illness, I have to drink water. So I've decided that I'm going to use this as a commercial. So I encourage you to buy Have a Bean Coffee right next door. So the, I don't know what I'm advertising next week, but I'm thinking of it. So the idea is that God, in his purpose, wants us to point us right away to, to the, the fundamental of what humanity is all about, or what the world is about. The world is about people, and God, God commands them. And then he defines, he says some, some interesting things there. He says, uh, you know, uh, that you're more important. Basically, he says, you're more important than the animals. That's what he says. Uh, I'm all for saving the baby seals and saving the baby whales, but I want to save humans. Yes. Right? I mean, it's, it, humans... Uh, if you, have, if you have a choice today, you're going to feed your dog or you, or you can feed your kid, but you don't have enough food to feed either one, and you have to think about that for more than a second, then you're an idiot. You see, people are worth more than animals. Amen? Amen. And God defines that. He puts that into pecking order. I know this doesn't fit in with your vegan philosophy. If you're a vegan here today, I'm sorry. But uh, we probably should review that in, in light of the biblical theology of this. He says that the people are more important than animals. In fact, so much so that while once this was a very peaceful planet and animals and, 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 and Adam and Eve and the, them got all along real good, now, coming off the ark, because of the destruction, now the animals will be filled with dread. The birds of the sky, everything will be filled with dread. And, 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 and they'll be, the animals will be afraid of you. And so we see that when we go out into the woods. Now, when you live in the city, the animals get used to people. You know, they get, kind of get used to it. We used to have a staff member—I won't say his name—but we used to have a staff member who was deathly afraid of squirrels. And we have squirrels that are just aggressive on our property. I don't know what—I don't know if they moved here, if they're gang squirrels. I'm not sure what they are. But uh, they, they will come and eat a, a peanut right out of your hand. And he was mortified of, of, this, uh, of this phenomena, you know, because they just lose that fear. But in the wild, I mean, even I go over to the, to the, uh, the uh, Forest Reserve over here on Harlem and what is it, 47th, I think it is, and uh, Joliet Road or something like that. I go over there, and I, I sit in there and eat my lunch sometimes, especially in the fall because the deer are roaming around. They come out, and the, the deer will walk right up to the edge of my truck and, you know, as a deer hunter, I just think if we could just get them to climb in the back, I could put them, you know, put them down right there in the back of the truck. Why wouldn't it be so much easier to be? But that's not normal. That's a, that's absolutely not normal. You know, they're, they're, they lose their fear for you because there's so many of you around here. And, and they just get used to that. And plus, people out there, people bring bags of corn and stuff and feed them. And so just, they think you're a meal ticket to them. And it, I'm so sick and tired of being used like that. Anyway, so um, as a a human being, the animals are afraid of you. God puts us in the pecking order. Then he says, I give you, where once you only ate vegetables from the garden until Noah, it was a completely vegetarian diet. And uh, Although God must have knew we were going to sin because he put canine teeth in our, our mouth for ripping and tearing meat. And so after they get off the ark, now he says, I give you everything to eat. You can eat you can eat meat, and you can eat vegetables, and you can eat eat both of those, and and so even if you don't like animals, you probably like animals. You know what I'm saying? It's like even you don't keep any animals in your house, you probably like your animals with gravy on the side. So, uh, so, so he puts this all in the side, gives us freedom, and begins to distribute this. And then he says something interesting. He says your the lifeblood. If, if you kill an animal that lifeblood of that animal is going to be demanded of you isn't that interesting and that, that that means you can't just go out like the old buffalo hunters and start shooting stuff you know you have to live more like the American Indians where they would they would use every part of the beast that they would kill you know they would eat you know I, as a hunter I would think I, it's repulsive to me as a hunter for somebody to go out and kill stuff but if you go out and and you, you're killing food for you to eat to me that that fits in with the the biblical scripture there then he says but especially for you human beings you human beings when someone takes your blood that blood will be accounted for and you'll have to give an answer for that blood and we see this is the foundation of what will become the mosaic law in a few chapters down the down the road here and so we he says and the reason why humans are are going to be have to be accounted for when their blood is shed is because they are made in the image of God. In other words, he's reminding Noah and his sons that they are made in the image. Now, now when I... I'm going to try to say this quickly because I know our time is fleeting here this morning. But when, when I think about the image of God, I think back to Genesis 1.26 where it says God says, let us make man in our image. And so we're created. And I don't have any problem saying man is created in the image of God back then because there was no sin in the world right but here now we've just come through this entire flood which is the the judgment comes on and now now this this restoration of 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 this the earth and now the assignment of noah and his family and the once again the reminder that that they are created in the image of god and that that demand or that 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 pointing them to that is the getting them to the place where they are recognizing that they're even though they're sinners they're still in the image of God and did you ever wonder how could it be that such a hateful person like some big mafia kingpin somebody suggested Jeffrey Dahmer in the first service what what are people thinking about when they're in church anyway but they said Jeffrey Jeffrey Dahmer okay Jeffrey Dahmer he he you know ate people i get that I mean, he was a sick Son of a gun. But uh, but yet, at the same time, it was still the image of God on him. He had a mama who loved him, I suppose, you know. And, and, he, and he had probably cared about certain people. Probably like some people more than others. <laughs> Just let that joke, let you get that joke. It takes a couple seconds, yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yummy, yummy. But so but he... But, so he uh, he was, his, because he's stamped with the image and because the people that he murdered those people were, were, he were, had the image of God on them and they were created in the image of God they, they shared some part of humanity. It's kind of strange really if you think about it that we could do the violence that we do to each other and still retain, and still retain the image of God. And I might even give to you that the image of God we have is marred somewhat but not so much that that God shrinks it all from saying to Noah and his sons, you are made in the image of God, and you are specifically responsible to me. You represent... See, when we walk into the woods, we represent the dominator of the... We are the dominator of the earth. We, we have dominion over the earth. That's what the Bible calls it. And so we walk in that dominion. And so... There's a spiritual authority that comes, that comes on us when we're made and created because we have the image of God on us. And that got me to thinking if we still have the image of God, even though we're sinners, even though the mafia kingpin, you know, he still loves his kids and loves his wife, you know, he may be having people whacked, you know, uh, out for, for the most minute things, but he still has the capacity for love. That's a part of what it is to be in the image of God. And it seems to me that if we really get ourselves to that place, then where we, understand, we start to understand what the image of God is, we begin to kind of collect that, that, that uh, the truth and we begin to see it in ourselves. Let me jump ahead a little bit. Jesus comes to earth and he says to Philip in John chapter 14, Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. In other words, Jesus comes as the image bearer of God. He bears the image of God on him. If you want to know what God is like, you don't know what God is like, then just look, read the New Testament and see, in the Gospels and see... What Jesus is like, Jesus was merciful, Jesus was kind, Jesus was loving, Jesus was teaching, Jesus was, was forgiving, Jesus, and we see the character of Jesus, and Jesus says, if you've seen that in me, then you know exactly what you can expect from Father God, because I am the perfect representation, or as it says in Hebrews, the exact representation of his being, that, that's the word used for a character that's stamped on a coin. The exact character of God is revealed in Jesus when we see Jesus. And so Jesus comes as this image bearer on the earth. And he comes with that purpose and he says, this is what the Father's like. And then I stop and think and I think, how how are we to live our life? I jump ahead from the Gospels now and jump into the, the book of Acts and we see that that even in the book of Acts, that, that the, these followers of Jesus eventually have to be pigeonholed and called a specific name. And they can call them everything. I mean, they call, there's, the, there's endless choices of things they can call these followers of Jesus, but they determine that they're going to call them one thing. Christian. Which means little Christ. Which means that these first century Christians so bore the image of their Savior, that wherever they went, people said, they're just like Jesus. You ever go by in the summer and you see some fella mowing his grass out there, and then behind him is his little toddler son out there with a little plastic lawnmower doing exactly, hitching his pants up the same way his dad does, you know, wearing the same kind of ball cap out there, Right? Walks and talks just like him. He's the spitting, we say, he's the spitting image of his father. He lives and tries to act out the character of his, of his father. Sometimes we even name him after ourselves. Your name is Joe. Your son's name is Little Joe. Right? And so you, you, you have that. So you, you have that in your, in your life. We see that in our... And that's what they did with these first century Christians. They watched their lives and they said, they bear the image of the image bearer. They bear the image of the image bearer. Wow. Has anyone ever said that about you? You look like Jesus when you love like that. You look like Jesus when you minister like that. You look like Jesus when you hug the neck of somebody who you don't know, but looks like they need a hug. You look like Jesus with your encouraging words. You look like Jesus with the way that you serve. You look like Jesus in the way that you live your life. You look like Jesus the way you walked in this office this morning. You look like Jesus wherever you go. And there's a certain, that's overwhelming to me. That's overwhelming to me. And as I thought through these, these processes, I began to realize that God has always wanted mankind to live out and walk out the image of God. That He always designed, you know, God could have said, listen, you guys have screwed it up, I'm going to come down, I'm going to have a flood, I'm going to set up my throne, I, if you want to do something, come ask my permission, and I'll keep you guys from sinning. That's not what God did. He said, no, You are the representatives of me. Go into the world and start straightening things out. Subdue the earth. Work the ground. Live together in love. Try to to work together in in, in harmony. Try to love one another. Boy, reflect that on our world, where our world is today. Reflect on all the hatred and the division and the harshness that we have in our world today. In Colossians chapter 2, I think it is, verse 16, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's up there, isn't it up there? There it is. Colossians 2, 16. Uh, that was right. Not very often that my memory is right. I'm just kind of encouraged by that. High-five myself. Okay, so, uh, now, what I, now what was I going to say? I can't remember that. But uh, in, in Colossians, we see that there's a, uh, there is a, a kind of a command that revolves around the image of God. It kind of gives us an inkling as to what, how we get the image of God and how we more fully live out the image of God. Colossians 2, um, we, we read about. Where am I? Find it here. He says, Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and in the image of its creator. So he says that the new self is you. The old sinful fleshly self, as you put that off, you put on the new self. The new self is created in the image of God and is being renewed daily in the image of God. And in this case, he's saying, just don't don't lie to each other. That's a simple thing, right? But it makes complete sense. The God of truth would want his people who are in his image to speak the truth one to another, right? Not always easy, right? Somebody say amen. Right? Husbands, when your wife said to you this morning, does, this, does these pants make my butt look big? You have a choice there. You can go to hell for lying or... Okay, maybe that's not a full-on lie, but you know what I'm saying. It's, it's not easy always to speak the truth. Some truths are uncomfortable. You know, you say to somebody, I think what you're doing is wrong. Well, hey, I don't think that's the way to treat your wife hey, that's that's the wrong thing you're doing there. People don't like that. And to to me, recognizing that, that the image of God is more tweaked in us when I put off the flesh and I embrace this life of the Spirit, this life that the Spirit of God is trying to work in me, this new self that he's created in me is the image of God in me knowing who Jesus is the image of God then i can model my new spiritual self after the Jesus who walked around in the image of God and he healed and he spoke and he loved and he embraced and he didn't reject and he didn't judge and he all those things that's Jesus walking around in the image of God and then i realize that the assignment for mankind was to represent our Heavenly Father, by the way that we live our lives. From the very foundation, from the moment they stepped off the ark, they were supposed to live in a way that reflected, who are they going to even do it with? With their family? With their children? Your children desperately need to see the image of God. In you. We worry about the hypocrisy and and all that they see, but really if they could just see the image of God in you, they would understand that there is a God who is greater than your ability to reflect their image. See, we're always going to be failures in our ability to project the image of God, but if we will just concentrate on representing Jesus wherever we go, then we live out the image of God. And if we live, if we walk in the image of God... See, in some sick and twisted way, we want the miracles of God. We want to see the teachings like Jesus did. We want want to see the, 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 the healings like Jesus did. But we don't want to live like Jesus. I would not give my Holy Spirit to some of you the way you live your life. I would not empower you with authority that would probably make your ego and your pride explode. You have to be humble enough to carry the Spirit, don't you? That means you have to die to yourself. You have to get back to the image that God has called you to. Your children need to see that in you. Your co-workers need to see that in you. Your brothers and sisters around you, they need to see the image of God stamped in you. I said earlier, that word is the same word, that character word is the same word of a, of a coin. Like, if, you, if you have your quarter in your pocket, you know, uh, or you, maybe you look at the, the visage of Washington on that, on that quarter, how many dirty, filthy, nasty people have touched that quarter? It's make, enough to make a germaphobe just flip out, if you think about it, really. And, they, and they've rubbed on it, right? And it's been rubbed with other quarters, with other filthy people's hands all over it. Rubbed on that quarter, and yet, and yet, the character still is strong, right? And they can go hundreds of years of being rubbed the wrong way. We come into church in a service like this and we say, oh God, write your character on me. And God does a little stencil of his picture, the picture of Jesus on us. It's, a, it's probably written in pencil, you know, on us. We don't, even get out of the, we don't even get out of the parking lot before we've lost our cool. With who? According to James chapter 3, he says, you praise the Father And then you curse your brother, who is made in the image of God. (laughs) We don't even get out of the parking lot before. We're cursing our brother, our fellow image bearer. And our kids look up in the front seat and go, where's that image? When we get rubbed the wrong way, the image disappears. The people we minister to, no matter how broken, how screwed up, how sinful, how no matter how far down the road to sin you think they are, and probably they're not that far down. They're not as far as you were. We like to categorize sins in the church. Here's my sin, and here's your sin way down there. Maybe God could save you. I don't know. Is my arm too short to save? That's what God said. Is my arm too short to say, can't I reach to where that person is? All they have to do is call upon the name of the Lord, and they will be saved. Instead of seeing someone else's sin, can we just look at them and go, image bearer. Image bearer. Not broken, not miserable, not sinner man. Image bearer. See what they have in common with you. They bear the image of God. They have the capacity to love. They have the capacity to lead. Jesus, when he was asked, he said, we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, right? It's the greatest commandment, right? This is the capacity. We we carry the capacity of the image image of God in us. Mind, soul, strength. Uh, before the first service, during practice, we had uh, a weirdo. Is that okay, if I call him a weirdo, how <laughs> accurate description? A weirdo, weird image bearer. Let's call him that. He was an image bearer, but he was a weirdo. Came in. And walked up here and I was playing the guitar here and Jess was playing the piano there and Mark was playing the drums up there and Ben was standing right there. And uh, at first I thought he was a friend of Mark's. I looked back, Mark's like, I don't know who that guy is. And then it became, and he started, you know, he's antsy. And I was like, I said, hi. And he was like, look beyond me. When people look beyond me, I'm worried about that, you know. Right behind me was Jess. All, all three of the guys that were surrounding Jess came to attention to protect her. Like, oh no, you're not. Right? Now it didn't help that he eventually talked to Jess. We were, I was like, do you, do you know? You know? I, afterwards, we're all looking at her, do you know this guy? No, he's a weirdo. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thought he was a weirdo, you know, don't wanna be judgmental, but weirdo's a weirdo. Is a weirdo. <laughs> Bible says that we had the capacity as human beings to love with our strength. Yeah. What, I, what I saw there was three guys ready to whoop somebody's behind. <clears throat> To love Jess with their strength you know to stand up when a father stands up for his family he's loving them with his strength right when, when a, somebody is is thinking creatively and they and they're, they're trying to problem solve when I sit with my wife and try to problem solve the things in her business it's me thinking I'm trying to love her with my mind you see I'm, I'm trying to help her out and serve her and that, we have the capacity with our mind, our heart, our strength, our passion, all these things to reflect that same thing. Why, why is it that we cannot take the image of God in someone else and love them in the way that Jesus... Why is it that no one calls us Christians? In fact, I was reading a, a blog this morning of a friend of mine, and he called himself Christ follower, which you know we... Called ourselves Christ followers because, because people had watered down what Christian means. But honestly, friends, let's not give up that Christian thing. We should hold on to that. I, I get I get mad, you know. Certain groups try to take over biblical things, you know. They try to, you know, remember Billy Preston, I was angry with Billy Preston for years because he sang, When I'm with you, I'm born again. I'm like, oh no, you ain't. That's not how you get born again. You don't fornicate your way to born again. That's not how it works. You know, they think the power of the church is in the language of the church. It's not true. You can borrow the words of the church, but if you take away the spirit from the words of the church, then all you got is empty rhetoric. That's all you have. People do that. People do that. And we've given up Christian because there's a lot of Christian groups around. People who call themselves Christian groups. But the reality of it is, we should not relinquish the title Christian. I am a a little Christ. That sounds even a little harsh when I say it out. I'm a little little braggadocio right there. A little bit like, like pride. I'm a little Christ. We don't like to say that. You know why? Because we have to live up to it. Some a friend of mine said to me earlier this week, he said, or maybe it was last week, I don't remember which, he said, oh, so what are you doing now that you don't have cancer? I'm like, I'm like well, I'm eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, uh, you know, I'm enjoying myself. I'm, I said, you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to live up to the vows I made to God when I did have, just a little note to you, when you get cancer, you make vows to God, Right? You say, I'll be a nun. Whatever you say. You know All the, all the things you promise you make. And then you, get, then you get healed. Then you say, okay, about that nun thing, God. Obviously that can't happen. I, I made some vows. One of those vows is to honor people around me. And to be loving. Because one of the things I saw is that there is so much hurt. So much need. So much brokenness in this world. Other image bearers are going through hell on this earth. And we're so busy trying to get to church that we forget we are the church. We're so busy. We we need to rekindle the image of God on the inside of us. God can say at a time that it's more violent than it is now. How do you know that? Because God hasn't destroyed us yet. But he destroyed them because the earth was so violent. So, in that, God can still look at those people and say image bearers. When we live our life are we living as image bearers are we looking at other people as though they're image bearers this is something that God has put it's all through the scripture it reminds us over and over again that we need to see people as bearers of the image of God I know it's 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 kind of a simple thing but it's the hardest thing you'll ever do hardest simple thing you'll ever do it's to be loving and to be kind to be merciful and not so judgmental and to not gossip and all the things that to be Jesus to be a little Christ on the other hand think about what the world would be like if the church was really like that if the world told us you're just like Jesus like they did in the New Testament let's pray together father Thank you for imprinting us with the image of God. Thank you for for standing. Thanks for listening to today's message. We hope you were blessed by it. If there's anything that we can do to help you further your relationship with God, we would love to be a part of it. You can contact us through our website, www.burwinag.org. Thank you, and God bless.